Let's rock our collections with Ahmed Zappa right here on the Music Universe podcast. Oh, Matt, how you doing? I'm great. This was a fun one. We did this while I was actually home for a wedding, so I might look a little different. It's nice to be back in the studio. But uh, Ahmed was so, so cool to talk to and so down to earth. Mm hmm. Yeah, and uh, he's hosting a new show on Access TV. It debuts this Sunday. It's called Rock My Collection, and it gets a little weird on there, but uh, some really neat uh, items that people get to show off and then decide based on the appraisal that they get if they want to sell the items or not. And, uh, you know, you have to watch the show, but it's really cool. But the, the really neat aspect of it is if you want to buy the items that are being put up for auction, you can. And uh, you just go to their website and, you know, when the show airs and you're able to purchase or bid on those items. And then there's actually items weekly coming out based on what was shown that that week. So it's a really neat concept. We had the pleasure of seeing a rough cut of the premiere episode again Sunday on uh, Access Television. So you just have to check local listings for that. And uh, then we got to chat with Ahmed about that episode and about his involvement. And it was really, really cool. And he's, he's chill as cool. Are you ready for Rock My Collection? On the premiere of Rock My Collection. One to $2 million in value. Get into Alice Cooper's pants. <laughs> Take home a little piece of the king. It's an Elvis warp. Is one of his warps? A secret gift from John Mellencamp. You spend the night, he paints you. It gets better, Ahmed, it just gets better. Gavin Rossdale of Bush reveals his famous guitar. This used to belong to Joe Walsh. It makes instant memorabilia. Boom! Rock My Collection premieres Sunday, August 15th, 8 Eastern, 7 Central on Access TV. Oh my gosh, we're so excited to have you. Uh, this show's really fun. Yeah. Uh, thanks. It was it was definitely a um, unexpected uh, delight. I mean, I'm a I'm a huge music fan, and you know, I'm a collector of uh, the odd thing here or there. Mm -hmm. uh, and I don't know. I never really thought about you know. I have my own connections to things, and like why I would you know, go crazy and want to, a, a specific music memorabilia item. But then when you, when you, you know, unrock un my collection, when you have an opportunity to, to chat with other people who are fans, dude, there were moments where I got really emotional. I teared up on, on, on people's personal stories and, and their connections. And, and then through the process of making the show, I was like, I am really grateful that I was afforded this opportunity to, to not only work with great team and access, which is, which is awesome. Um, but everyone involved in the show was just, just wonderful. It was, it was one of those rare times where it was easy to do really fun. I feel like I learned a lot and I'm, I'm proud of all the good work. So I'm glad you liked it. Now yeah, we, we saw the first, uh, we saw a rough cut of the first episode and uh, some really unique items on there. But I know yeah. over the course of the season, you guys are going to feature items by Jimi Hendrix, Tom Petty, Brian Wilson, just a rock, rock collector's dream to see all this. Were you surprised by just the stuff that people would show you? Oh, yeah. I mean, some of it was gross, too. That like, <laughs> <laughs> you know, we had uh, uh, some like one of Elvis's warts. I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. Damn. Do, do you believe, cause, cause, cause when, that was so funny. Cause I'm watching it and I'm texting buddy and literally the exchange was this. So the doctor gave it to you. Yes. 
So the so the doctor told it to you. Yes. And she was like really, really sketchy about the, the provenance. Yeah. No, about, look, did you, you believe it? Regardless, first, 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 I tried to understand, well, why would someone want it? Okay. <laughs> so it goes beyond, you know, no judgment, but, but certain people have a, a, a higher level of fandomonium than I do. Right. So mm-hmm. I can recognize that. Uh, would I want um, a wart? Uh, and, and would I want to keep it? Would I want to look at it? Um, no, I think that is disgusting, but she's into it. So slow clap with that one. <laughs> you know? All right. Yeah. And then uh, the toenail too. I mean, that's yeah. like, it's even worse. I don't know what's worse than a that. Warp, that felt weird. Like collecting, like I found it in the jungle room. Like, did she get down there with a magnifying glass and, you know? Yeah. Well, it's like you said, Matisse could probably clone Elvis with all that DNA that she has. <laughs> yeah. But, but then again, look, I'm a conspiracy, you know, kind of a nut job. Uh, so I, I do think if, if we're, if we can make, if we can clone puppies right now. Okay. And other things, I, I think it would be awesome to maybe like cross pollinate Elvis with like a cockatiel, you know, <laughs> just start making weird Elvis creatures. I bet marks. Thank you very much. Yeah. Thank you very much. I'll be on your road. So, how did um this this is a really neat show, and uh, Access is kind of known for doing that type of music uh, documentary or in kind of yeah. behind the scenes type. Thank stuff goodness like for this. them because because a lot of the content that I like watching is a subject matter that you know you can't really find anywhere else. You know, I like I like how you know music driven the channel is. It's so it's it's great. So, but sorry, I interrupted you. What were you saying? No, no. I, anytime you want to speak, just let me know. But uh, the fact that you get to see all these things, how did your involvement come about? Um, Well, I've worked with some of the executives at, at access for, for, well, I've known them for a long time. Really, I'd say a dear friend of mine, Sarah, uh, Sarah Weedman, who, um, uh, I worked on some programs with her back in the MTV days, and we were talking about some other projects. And you know, she called me up and said, "Hey, you know, we're we're doing this show that we think you might actually like. Would you consider, you know, hosting it?" And um, I was like, "Well, what is it?" You know, and and when she, you know, told me all about it, and everyone else, like from the from the other producers at Critical Content and. Um, and then Stephen Brightman, the great man. Um, uh, it was it, like it was easy to say yes, you know, and, and it came together really quickly. Greg, uh, the main producer on the show, I worked with him back in the day. You know, this is like when we were in our 20s. I think we were all in our 20s. So it was like it was like a homecoming. <laughs> it was like uh, getting the band back together. And I couldn't say no to that. And it was just easy. I, I don't know how else to describe it. It was one of those um, experiences where the entire crew, everyone was just putting in all the, the hard work um, came, came at it with all the right energy and, and uh, the people that were showing off their memorabilia were all in you know good mood. And, and it's, it was just, I think we were all happy to do something other than, uh, worry about the pandemic for a moment, right? right. So we, we were all very safe making the show. 
and I'm just, I'm really glad that we did. I love getting out of the house and getting into a safe <laughs> environment to do this show. So I love that. Talk a little bit about, if you would, the, the, uh, the auction component. So not only can mm-hmm. the fans watch you yeah. and your co-host appraise these items, if the seller so wishes, they can put it up for auction with one of your show's sponsors. Can you talk a little bit about how that works? Yeah. So um, some people come on, they, they, they uh, are very curious to see what their items might appraise for. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's, that's the good work that, that uh, Stephen does. And then they have the opportunity, um, you know, if they're coming on and they're like, wow, I, I just, I, I learned what, it, what it's worth and now I want to keep it. And, and uh, it, it's very special and near and dear to me. I would never sell it. We get those people. And then there's the other folks who are like, yeah, oh, cool. So now that I know a price, um, I'd, maybe I'd like to, maybe they need some money to buy something else or, mm-hmm. or whatever. And, and are, we're there to help them out. So we've had, we had a, a, a large portion of um, the people that came on the show really wanting to share their collection for, for other, other buyers. And, and at least the, uh, the interesting part is Stephen and uh, the people who we use to verify the authenticity of these items. That's pretty important. So a lot of research goes into that. So the, the items that are up for sale, uh, you know, our viewers, if they decide to, you know, bid on it, uh, at least they know um, it's authenticity, which is, which is what I think collectors really want, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And now I know the episode, uh, the show premieres on August 15th. Is that when people are able to go on and start uh, p- bidding? I, I would, I would think so. I would hope so. I actually, I haven't asked that question. My, my assumption is that uh, uh, if we're having a show on the air that's saying you can go online right now and, and uh, <laughs> you know, uh, dive into this, then, then for sure, that would be a, a, a rather large hiccup. So yes, when you watch okay. the show, the things are up for sale you'll, and you can check it out. Um, you know, they're up there for the, 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 a limited time and, you know, hopefully people will enjoy it. I mean, it's, again, it's really fun. And the items that we have, uh, there's some really, really good ones that went up for, for auction, but, but also our partners, they have other memorabilia and things uh, that other people would be interested in too. So new items will be up every week to correspond with the show that's airing that week. And you'll be able to go on and uh, bid on the auction. So it's really fun and really interactive. And I got to tell you, I'm addicted. It's like, it's like pawn stars for music junkies. It's just yeah. awesome. I really loved watching what we got to see. Well, uh, well I hope you will uh, stay, uh, you know, stay with the show. Cause mm-hmm. they're there. We've got some really good interviews with some of the celebrity guests that, that came on to share items from their auction. And, and uh, I mean, everyone was, I, I feel like a broken record here. Everyone really was a dream to work with, but the guests that we had on, uh, people that I idolize, you know, I, I got the opportunity to chat with some of my heroes and and to hear their stories of, of uh, items that, were, that are important to them through their musical journeys. Um, I found that to be fascinating. We try to have, uh, not, not to take ourselves too seriously, or I don't take myself too seriously. So uh, I think that the people have, that have come on the show had a good time. Uh, and we got them to do some pretty, you know, silly things. I got, I got, 
I got to say that I, these are rather unique interviews uh, on top of uh, the, the, all the, the collectibles that you, you will discover on the show. There's really, really humorous, uh, delightful things that happen. If I, if I may be so bold, um, right. I'm, I'm rather happy with the, the results. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. And you have Gavin Rossdale on as the first celebrity guest. Yeah. You know, so this is the dream, right? So you get Gavin on and you're like, who doesn't want to have the most handsome man alive uh, as, as a new friend. Okay. So, I mean, he's not, he's just, first of all, he's immortal. I'm pretty yeah. certain that Gavin Rossdale is, uh, you know, just doesn't age. He does not age. He does no. not age. He is a perfect specimen. Uh, I love his music. <laughs> he was so charming. He was so funny. Um, and apparently a, a big tennis fan. I didn't know that. Uh, I learned yeah. something new on the show. So spoiler alert. Uh, if you watch his episode, <laughs> you will learn <laughs> that he really loves tennis. Love that. You know, you talk about your musical heroes. You talk about mm -hmm. getting to talk to them. Um, your dad is a musical hero to a lot of people. And there's, I think, a lot of, might be a lot of Frank Zappa memorabilia out there. So this is a two-part question. Okay. Um, Lay it on me. Will you have any memorabilia from your dad on the show? And number two, what would your dad being as unique, a unique, as unique a character as he was, what would your dad think of the whole idea of collecting things from musicians to, to as memorabilia? What would he think of, of that practice? Um, well, I'll, the first part, uh, so yeah, I invite people into home base. You know, I'm mm -hmm. here, I'm here at my, my office right now where this is kind of like Zappa headquarters. Um, where I work on future releases and and just kind of the, the uh, global family biz that relates to all things Frank Zappa. Um, so yeah, I, I take people around, which I don't, I've never really done before, and I, I show off some interesting items um, that uh, people I think will be familiar with. Uh, I think some folks might be shocked that we still have certain things that we have. <laughs> Um, I mean, we, we really do have lots and lots and lots and lots of things, um, of importance. Uh, so hopefully awesome. people will be delighted if you're a Zappa fan, there's some cool stuff, but let's see, uh, would Frank, um, be someone who is a fan of music memorabilia? Um, I mean, maybe not in the same way because he, I don't know that he, he was never really a collector other than he loved his, uh, his music. So he had a mm -hmm. large vinyl collection and that was important. You know, it, it, um, he kept it, kept all the music. Uh, he was someone that memorized um, who wrote all the music, the length of time of each song. He, he kind of had this amazing recall of all things related to the music that he, that he, um, that he really loved. Mm -hmm. um, but uh I don't know. There's, there's a moment where like, I don't know if this qualifies as a, as the answer, but as like, as an example, Jimi Hendrix gave my father one of his uh, burnt destroyed guitars uh, that my dad fixed up and he used to play on tour. And oh, then wow. uh, that uh, he, he gave that to my brother and that's something, I mean, I can tell you my brother is a big fan of that sort of music memorabilia because that's a really amazing historic, uh, you know, 
piece of uh, musical equipment and the energy and the whole vibe of, of who's touched it and played it. Uh, and there's a similar kind of tale ish uh, that we touch upon, not, not Zappa related, um, but uh, uh, a, a, a superstar musician. Um, I don't want to spoil it, but there is a rather famous uh, Clapton guitar, the fool. Uh, and you'll, you'll hear an interesting story um, uh, in regards to that uh, on one of the episodes. Oh, that's, uh, that's awesome. And looking forward to that and kind of bring that back to the celebrity items going to auction. It's actually in, uh, going to benefit a very good cause. Oh, and so when we, yeah, it's pretty fun. When we have celebrities that come on, we do this instant memorabilia thing where we ask them to kind of randomly pick anything, right? And we were really trying to be cheeky with it, not expecting people to give us something that was like really, really awesome. I mean, it would be awesome to get mm -hmm. any of these musical icons to, to sign anything. Uh, but some people were definitely overly generous and the money does go to a, a good cause for sure. Yeah, the National On Independent Venues Foundation, which is covering COVID costs, you know, for... Uh, independent venues across the country which, so that's, which is that's one awesome. of the which is one of the things that was important to me about the show i mean dur during the pandemic we tried uh, for, you know myself and and our organization to do as much as we could for the music community in need i love that concerts are coming back um mm -hmm. people i hope will be safe and you know if you're not you know vaccinated please wear a mask please try to do some things and respect your neighbors because, you know, we all want to get through this pandemic. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's important. I mean, so a lot of, a lot of the music community in need really has suffered. Um, and, and people that make a, a small living, but they're passionate about playing music and that's their entire world. Um, again, just had to make real sacrifices. And, you know, I, I know we can all relate to what's what, what we've all gone through. Um, yeah. So yeah, I don't want to talk about it as a downer, <laughs> but I'm glad that we're giving back to the, you know, to, to, to music. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we wrap up here, uh, any, uh, any other, um, I know you guys have been putting out releases regularly for, for your dad's estate, uh, anything that you can discuss that maybe hasn't been announced yet? Are you guys constantly working on stuff? Yeah, we, we try to do three or four significant releases a year. Um, cause we have a vast vault and a lot of, uh, the kind of music memorabilia might be photographs or things that we have in our archives that people haven't seen. And they wind up, uh, being exposed for the first time in, in some of our, uh, you know, projects, uh, like we recently discovered Ringo stars, the wig, uh, Ringo star wore when he was playing my dad in 200 motels. And I think the mustache and some of those items, which, which is like weird to be like, we've had this all this time. Like, what do you do with it? Just sits there. You know? <laughs> so, so like maybe someone would want that. It's like, I, I just asked myself, like, you know, that could be something that <laughs> might want to put up for auction. Uh, do you guys have anything in your collections? Are you guys collectors? Gosh. I, yeah, I am. Uh, I, I'm, I got a lot of autographs from different artists, some more autographs from others than 
you know, but uh, I, I do, I do collect, I try to collect stuff. I, on a, I try to correct, collect as much replica of the actual thing as I can. I don't have like, you know, something somebody used on stage, etc. but we're, we're both big Garth Brooks fans. Mm-hmm. And so the company that made all of his shirts that was on all of his artwork uh, back in the 90s, they actually made those shirts commercially available. So I have those replicas. I have the, the Stetson Tyler that's actually not made anymore. But for my 16th birthday, my grandmother got me the model Tyler uh, Stetson he used to wear. So those, those kinds of things where they're not exactly the artist. Like here, I'll show you this. <clears throat> this is one of my podcast microphones. I don't know if you can mm-hmm. see it. That is exactly the microphone, except they have a special black and red. That's right. exactly the microphone Metallica uses on stage, the Shure Super 55. So a lot of things that have, where it's an actual unit, it's just not theirs, but right. it has a relationship to, to the artist. So that's the kind and, of, okay, buddy, go ahead. Show and tell, right. show and tell. I'm just going to show you one thing, but I have many autographs of this artist, but I, I like a lot of genres, but. Uh... Oh, Yeah. Reba. Reba there. So yes. she's my she's my celebrity crush. Really? Has I'm been more like a years. Martina McBride. She's okay. she's okay. a great singer. Uh her husband uh, uh you know, nice guy like you know just mm-hmm. the just the, the their studios cuz they still have Blackbird, right? That's their studio, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's what. Yeah. yeah, they've been running that for a while now. And speaking of Garth, actually, John managed was his tour manager for a while in the early nineties. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but but if in terms of country music, I I just I, I did I would not expect you guys uh, to be more in the country um, country music vibe. But Dolly, I mean, Dolly is oh, a yeah. goddess. She's the greatest of all time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I, I like a lot of rock too. I've got a, you can't see it. And it's, a, if this was a laptop, I'd show you, but a big two foot by three foot poison poster signed by Brett Michaels that I got in person. Underneath mm-hmm. that's John Bon Jovi. Right. Um, what what so, about, you know, uh, we just lost a, a music legend and he's ZZ Top. Um, memorabilia oh, yes. i don't and yeah you know i i don't but uh, what how close were you to those guys oh i, I wasn't cl- i wasn't close with them i mean i cl- like seeing their music video uh, uh all of their music videos as a kid on mtv uh that was kind of like my sweet spot so that was mm-hmm. my first introduction in like the ray harryhausen tv monster uh uh that came out of the uh home home like microwavable home dinner thing i forget which music video that was yeah but that just pulled me in uh and yeah i mean like their music their their influence certainly on on me is pretty pretty extreme but weirdly uh i have i've i never saw them live i can't i'm like i can't believe it and now i want to you know, me too. I'm just banging my head against the walls. Like, oh, I just, I just, I missed all those opportunities, which is, yeah, yeah. which just sucks. You know, yeah. I, I, I totally get where you're coming from because I just bent over backwards to go see Alabama, uh, yeah. in and York Fair because uh, they're down a member already with Parkinson's, and who knows how long they're going to go. But real quick, last thing I'll tell you because you said something and it triggered something that crosses all genres. We right. were in Nashville. In November, I love and, Nashville. Big ups we, to Nashville. If I say if I say the name Manuel 
Do you know who I'm talking about? Manuel? Yes. Uh, he is the he is the designer to the stars. I mean, he designed the uh, the outfits for the Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, album. He does. He's the man who put Johnny Cash in black. He crosses all genres. And there was a there was a piece there that I just absolutely loved. It was not tied to anybody. It was a unique piece in his shop. I plopped down way too much money for it. <laughs> and we talk about that elsewhere on this podcast. But it's one of those things where I'm not collecting from from say a musician, but this gentleman Manuel, you can certainly say he is an artist. It's a one of a kind piece. Sure. And and it's only going to appreciate in value as as years goes up, go on and he retires or passes on and, and doesn't get to make anything anymore. So it's it's uh it's awesome that you both are collectors and I yeah. you know I, I feel like we're we're comrades in arms. Absolutely. You know, uh and Absolutely. buddy buddy and Matt, thank you for this was a pleasure for having me on your show and well, uh, let's do this on. again. Indeed. Absolutely. And hopefully we'll get a little more time to talk about your career and your, your radio music. show, which we were hoping to get yes. to today. Oh, wait, 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 well, we can do that anytime. I mean, the, mo- the most, the most salient thing, I'm really proud of the work that we did as a, as a loving team at access, uh, proud of rock, my collection, proud of our partnership with critical content. Uh, you know, we all had to work together to, to make the show happen. And uh, you know, I, I just hope everyone out there enjoys it. Absolutely. Well, Ahmet, thanks again for joining us and we look forward to the show and uh, having you on again in the future. Be my pleasure. Anytime, guys. See you. Rock My Collection premieres Sunday, August 15th, 8 Eastern, 7 Central on Access TV. Chill is cool. That's what I said. Chill is cool. <laughs> oh, speak much, buddy? What What is chill I is don't. cool? Going I don't into know. the... We've, we've been... In, We've been in the studio for about four hours today doing a bunch of different things, uh, communicating back and forth on logistics and stuff. So please forgive uh, our vocal verbal exhaustion. This is why, I'll, I'll be honest, this is why you asked the majority of the questions. Because I can't freaking think. And when I think, it doesn't come <laughs> out. Well, it's funny. It was so funny at the end of that interview. Yeah, we're not really collectors. And then we start rattling off and my Manuel shirt and all. Well, I never said I wasn't. Never said I wasn't. I just. Well, collect- you don't. You don't. You don't have like a locker Reba's hair. I hope. Uh, you know, nothing. Nothing that like. I'm weird, not going like, to Wait, do you? <laughs> wait, you told me there was a. We're going to talk about this for a second. There was a Reba boxed set or collector thing, and there was a little bit of hair in there. You remember everything, don't you? Yeah. Do you so this that? is a no. It's a very rare item, and when she cut her hair in '96, um, they there was this uh, promo box that was sent for the "What If It's You" album that debuted her shorter hair, and they included a lock of her hair in it. And it can be found at times on eBay. It is, like I said, extremely rare. It's one of the rare promo promo items i do not have but come hell or high water at some point i'll likely have it and i'll show you if that happens but the problem is is there's a lot of times there's a bunch of different um the problem is different let let me finish 
let me finish. The problem is, is there's a lot of components to it and I'd want it complete and the hair has to be there. Well, I was going to say the problem is, is there are a lot of weird people out there. Reba opened herself up to some people taking a lock of her hair, doing some voodoo shit. So, but it's okay because it's fun for collectors. Now I, I, you know, like I said, it's rare. I know some people that do have it, but uh, I'm not willing to pay what they're offering to sell it. So, God. Well, have it. yeah, like I said, I'm not a big collector of like, oh, this was staged, use this. Or actually, I do have an item. Okay. I, again, I don't, I'm not a big, big collector of this, but I do have a stage used item. So, Jim Stafford, when he performed in Branson, excuse me, I'm just, Need to look at that. Yeah. Uh, when Jim Stafford performed in Branson, he did this on Cow Patty, which he wrote and performed for the Clint Eastwood movie, Any Which Way You Can. And mm -hmm. this, every song, every, since he only had a few hits in the 70s, every, every time he would do a hit in his Branson show, it was, um, it was a skit of some kind. So this was a, a Western-themed skit and in the middle of Cow Patty, he would start doing tricks with this classical guitar that he would play for this song. Uh, the hole could slide off the guitar was one of them. He would yell at the assistant. The assistant would come out and be like, the hole fell off this guitar. And they'd swap it out for a real one. And then in the middle of the song, he would hold the guitar up. Maybe I can find you a clip and, and we can put it in his B-roll. Um, yeah. I have it on a drive somewhere. Um, he would hold it up. And a stage he would be, and you would hear Jim Stafford's amazing vanishing guitar. <laughs> well, what would happen is a hand would reach down from the rafter, pick it up, pull it up. And then the joke would be that they would, he would do like this, get distracted. The person would drop the guitar. The guitar would drop, shatter into a million different pieces. Yeah. Well, the way that worked. Oh, and then he would very quickly, the, a magic trick, you would very quickly scoot the pieces over to a trapdoor. And I mean, this wasn't really a secret because the trapdoor, you could kind of see the tape around the trapdoor. It, you right. would, it would, the pieces would drop, somebody would be under, hand him a guitar, and he'd turn around and it'd be magically fixed. Well, when I interned for him, I, uh, I said, they were telling me, you know, oh yeah, these guitars last about a month, the ones that they actually destroy. They say, we, can't, we get about a month of use out of them. Because what they would do is they would cut them, is they would cut them uh, uh, up so that they were like a puzzle. And they would put them, to, and they would cut them always the same way. And they would put them together always the same way. Tape them together just with scotch tape so that mm -hmm. they would break real easily. Well, it's my internship, end of my internship. The guitar's been used pretty hard. They're like, yeah, we have another one. We're going to cut up. And guy goes, here you go. Hands me a trash bag with all the pieces. <laughs> no way. And we had to, and we drove home to Pennsylvania with this, with this trash bag, this big 30 gallon trash bag of these pieces of the guitar, this classical guitar, no strings, nothing. That's awesome. So we get home, we tape it together. I don't think I, I didn't have Jim sign a piece because they said he'll be pissed if they, we find out. He says we were going to junk it anyway, but like, does, don't don't tell him you have this. He knows now. He knows now. Yeah. But um, 
So we went home, taped it all together, put it in a guitar case that I happen to have. And that's where it's lived for probably 10 years now. You so that never is told the, me this story. So that is the one piece of stage memorabilia that I know I have. I could probably think of others. But like I said, I like, I, I, if anything, it's the replicas. It's the Mo Betta shirts. Wow. It's the, it's owning an original Manuel. That, that, those things. And I don't trying to storm the Garth Brooks Stadium tour stage for a set list following the show. I mean, that did happen. Well, they were handing them out. Okay. They were handing them out. Hey, I, I'm the biggest nerd. You're always yelling at me about don't yeah. ask for autographs, all that. And I get it. But when I have a chance, and especially if I can buy one, I will. Yeah. Oh, no. we have coming up involves Vegas once again, us right. meeting, and it's December. That's somebody we already talked about, Reba Brooks and Dunn residency. And you can bet I'm taking advantage. I already have this planned out. You, you probably driving you nuts about it already. We were, we were talking about what you just sort of brought up a, a second ago. I actually think we need to normalize people in the media asking for autographs and asking for photos because so much of what we do is exactly what you and I are doing right now. We're talking through a camera. Now we could be together. Uh, we could be in front of the artist, you know, and, and those are real world things. But at the end of the day, you walk away from it. All you have is the memory of the conversation and the right. digital media, something tangible. Uh, I used to, but then I moved. So I, I haven't done this since I've moved. Um, I haven't done it in a couple of years, actually. I used to have these five by seven cards that if I knew I was interviewing somebody in person or if I was going to get to meet somebody that I had interviewed, I would take these cards and say, you know, because usually I would get to meet them off of the fact that I had interviewed them in the past. Right, right. Um, I would take these cards and say, hi, you know, I kind of do this as kind of a scrapbook. Would you mind signing? And they're always happy to do that, happy to take a picture. I think if you're in this sector of journalism, yes, you have to maintain some impartiality Mm -hmm. uh, especially when covering harder news, like uh, somebody's done something criminal, there's some sort of right. news. You have to maintain impartiality, but entertainment journalism is a relationship business. And if I can turn to a wall and have autographs of people I've interviewed or a piece of Gene Simmons artwork, you know, mm -hmm. which we talk to him next week. Um, it, those are things tangible physical things from the career in media that, that I don't think journalists should be sh ashamed to ask for, ashamed no. to have. Not at all, because why are you in this business to begin with? Typically you're a music fan first, right? You enjoy what you do. You want to cover the artists that you enjoy seeing, you know, and that's why we frequent a lot of concerts. And you, you know, you want to be non-biased too, obviously. And that's why mm -hmm. this website covers a gamut of music artists. I don't, you know, particularly care for most of those styles, but I want to be fair. I want to be mm -hmm. balanced. I want to be good at, you know, covering everything that I possibly can as one person doing that. But I also want to go and enjoy the concerts, enjoy the artists that I do. And if you get a chance to meet them, you get a chance to hang out or, take a picture autograph i don't see anything wrong with that and i i i don't know that anybody really does i think it's the way you approach it if you come at it as a big giant crazy fan yeah that's an issue if you come at it with you know more of a relaxed and calm cool collective type thing professional 
and where in the end the thing you get is going to be sentimental to the experience yeah right totally fine you're not going to go put it on ebay for thousands of dollars because you know we signed it i'm not about that if i get an autograph it's because i generally enjoy that artist and i just enjoy collecting that stuff so right well you will not see me with a wart or any toenail clippings from reba i guarantee yeah no no (laughs) oh well no i wouldn't even put that past you thanks Hey, if it were dropped on your doorstep, I don't think you'd uh, you'd uh, you'd uh, say no. But well, I, I can see there. you not paying for it. But you know, you know what I would love to see of her auction, though. Seriously, one of right. her red dresses, because she's had so many different fancy dresses yeah. throughout her career. It would be very cool to I, see. Don't think one I could of those afford up. it. Don't think. Oh no, nobody it. could afford that. That would, yeah. that would go for a lot of money. But I'll, I'll tell you, one of the VIP options that I'm looking at that I'm probably going to pass up just because of space and spacing issues most likely um the autographed reba brooks and dunn guitar that you get with two front row seats for the show Um, but even even then that's like memorabilia that they're producing and signing on mass a set list is a little more cool because i'll bet you Mm because the set list is another option um a set list is cooler because I'll bet you it'll have the date. I'll bet you it'll be custom because they do swap out some songs, yeah. even though it's a very produced show. Uh, we're talking Reba Brooks and Dunn in Vegas. Even though it's a very produced show, they do swap out some songs uh, from time to time. So those set lists mm-hmm. are going to be custom to the thing you saw. They did that with Alabama. They did a guitar um, that was signed and it was exorbitantly expensive. I oh, like yeah, Alabama, but I'm not buying a $980 guitar. Well, and, and that's the thing, but with, with the guitar, with this, you get, and I don't even know the pricing. I haven't even seen that, but uh, right. you, you get two front row seats and you get the guitar, but with the set list, I mean, we're already going Friday for sure. I'm just debating how I'm going to do Saturday. Um, I think you and the kid are going to go somewhere else and I'm going to see my woman again. Thank you for sicking your kid on me. I appreciate <laughs> hey, it. you offered. I did offer. I did offer and I love your daughter to death and it'll be fun. She's going to enjoy it. So, so, all right. Well, for the music universe podcast, I'm Matt and I'm buddy. Thanks for listening or watching on socials and be sure to hit that subscribe button and check out the music Take care. Uh